race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. We are exactly, nope, eight days away, eight days out from Christmas. So, I mean, when this drops, it's, sh- oh, no, no. Yeah, we're recording this eight days away from Christmas. That's right. Right, right. Uh, it'll probably drop a week prior tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, boom. There you go. Yes. And if for all those Spider fans out there, the new Spider-Man movie is fantastic. Oh my God. It's freaking amazing. I was about to make us have an explicit already for this podcast <laughs> just because how good that movie so is. So good. Much recommends. Like if you're on the fence, go for it. Yeah. I mean, best Marvel movie I've ever seen. Probably the best comic book movie I've seen. Oof, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Jacob, whatever you say, wrong. Don't worry about it. Listen to me, guys. <laughs> uh I, I would I'd be willing to say best Spider-Man movie ever. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. If you want to fight about the other part, that's fine. I mean, The I mean, Avengers is really good. It's pretty good. I mean, but is it better than Howard the Duck? Which, is that better than Spider-Man? You know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Okay, so a little special treat before we get into the regularly scheduled broadcastings. Uh, we have decided to rank our Christmas episode since it's so close to Christmas. That's right. So uh, there's actually only seven Christmas episodes. I keep forgetting there wasn't one in season four. I knew there wasn't one in season one, but I keep right. forgetting. Yeah, season four threw me off too. Uh, Mindy Kaling actually Instagrammed a screenshot of all of the Office episodes, uh, like all the Office episodes. Uh, Christmas episodes this week. I was like, "Thanks, Mindy Kaling." <laughs> yeah, we've been working through like every like like one. We'll watch like one episode a day of like Christmas episodes. Yeah, I literally just finished um, Dwight's Christmas like minutes before <laughs> I came on. Okay, so what do you have coming in at number seven? <sighs> number seven. I think I'm missing an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say no, no, no. So I have Christmas wishes coming in at number seven from season eight, the one we just reviewed last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be my last one as well. So we'll find out what my missing so one is. So bad he didn't even include it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so why is it the last one for you? It's just okay. I mean, it's okay. Um, there's just not a lot going on. <laughs> Uh, you don't have like a lot of the good Christmas episodes come from Michael being terrible and, mm. and there's none of that. And like, there's just, it's just kind of meh. And, and I'll say uh, as a personal note, like it is like, we're now in the thick of like Andy about to go off and be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it, you know, and like this, like the Jim Pam, will they, won't they thing worked a lot better than the Andy Aaron, will they, won't they thing. Right. And uh, yeah, so this is just like, it's just weird. Not great. Not great episode. Um, In the sixth slot, I've got Dwight Christmas. Wow. Okay. I think it's pretty funny. Um, You know, I love how much Dwight gets into it. And, you know, last, you know, last Christmas episode ever. So, you know, it it ranks not the bottom. 
But to yeah, be that's... fair, like the top four, it's hard to break into. They're, they're, I feel like the top four are pretty cemented. You could have them in different orders, but the top four, I think, will be pretty close to it. Yeah, I think our top four might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're very close. But... Okay. Uh, well, so I mean, Christmas Wishes was my six, which is why I think I'm missing an episode. <laughs> um, but I, I guess my next up then would be, would actually be uh, Secret Santa. Right. I was in the five, in the five spot. Yeah. That's yeah. where I had it. Yeah. That similarly, was, just not, I mean, fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Uh, you know, the, the Michael meltdown's great with like uh, Pam or not Pam, Phil's being Santa and, you know, him being Jesus and all that. That's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I guess just as a quick aside, it was really interesting. So obviously watch these chronologically. So to like to see the time jumps where everybody was like every Christmas. So like, you know, in this episode, Jim is in that weird temporary office that eventually becomes Daryl's because he's still a co-manager, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And like, again, watching Andy's relationship with Aaron, or not with Aaron, because is this, this is the um, 12 days of Christmas gift yeah. also to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just crazy to see that in the next Christmas, he's not with Aaron anymore, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was so, so, I mean, Jesus was fun. Jesus, Jesus was, was funny. Jesus was uh, funny. You know, and then you've got, so in my four, four slot, I've got Classic Christmas. Hmm. Me, like, I was kind of going back and forth between this and Secret Santa for the, you know, start off the top four, but the snowman, snowball fight in Classy Christmas is so good. Like, it really elevates that episode beyond it, where it should be. Yeah. Um, in my four slot, I actually have Dwight Christmas. Oh, uh, and yeah. that is, be- well, so I just watched it. So it's the freshest in my brain for sure. But you know, um, the Jim Dwight moments really get to me. Mm. And like, so there were like a lot of really good of like, you know, Dwight finally like letting his guard down. This is the first time Jim's starting the athlete stuff. Like he's getting ready to go to Philly for the first time, mm-hmm. which I, I don't like that storyline either. But um, either. Yeah. yeah, but it forces a lot of these narrative things like this Dwight thing. So that really spoke to me. Um, also blackface <laughs> I'm not saying it's good but they did it <laughs> it's just it's it's a quick shot it's like four seconds but they like it's like well we don't you know blindly hold all of our traditions <laughs> and texting eight <laughs> yeah yeah um okay number three uh Moroccan Christmas you know very awkward the whole stuff with Andy and Angela and you know Meredith's drinking and just pretty good episode all the way around. Yeah. Uh, I had classy Christmas for number three, and I, I blame my wife for this one. Oh. Uh, it's, well, so it's tricky because it's a two-parter, right? So the pacing of the episodes is a little different because mm. it, it needs the two parts. But um, it, it, it's probably, it feels very, probably the most Christmassy, oddly enough, you know? It's yeah. like Christmas music the whole time. Mm. Um, Michael's rocking that sweet velvet Santa getup. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I do, and it just kind of ends on this hopeful note, like this like moment of like, oh, we're, we're going to see where Holly and Michael go next, you know, because they're not together at this moment. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. With the whole Woody thing. And she like totally just like, yeah. The blame for yeah. Yeah. So there's some nice moments in there. Number uh, two. My number two is actually uh, Moroccan Christmas. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, all the same reasons, and also just like seeing Phyllis in charge finally. Like, this is a mm-hmm. real turn for Phyllis, too, because when she spots Angela and Dwight, like, she kind of becomes right. the mob boss's wife, 
Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, so it's a, it's a big moment for her. And then it, ju- it just looks nice. Yeah. Again, the music's going all the time and uh, it just looks fun. Uh, number two for me is Christmas Party from season two. You know, that's what I was missing. That's what you were missing. Mm. Yeah. So I would probably put that at six, just, just for <laughs> reference then. Uh, yeah. You know, the, you got the iPod and Yankee swap and you really like really get a good insight into, um, you know, Jim's feelings for Pam and it's right. I mean, it, it, it goes booze cruise right in the Christmas party. Right. I mean, I believe so. yeah. 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 Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and I guess that means our number one is the same, right? That's right. Yep. Getting on a Christmas. Christmas. I actually just watched that today. And yeah. I was like, man, this is a good episode. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I still stand by season three is the best season. I think there, are, there may be better, like the, maybe it doesn't contain the best office episode, but as a season, it's my favorite. Um, and yeah. this is, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Man, in the rankings, it's going to come real close. Like, I, I'm going yeah. to have to really look over stuff when we finally end this podcast in like 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I think it's everybody like really in form, you know? Right. But, yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, the writing had really matured. You were getting deep enough and you'd been with the characters long enough that you could start really doing interesting things with the characters and past establishing the characters, you know? Yeah. Right. Because, because the first season was so short, you didn't really have a chance to establish anything. So the, really, season two is just a long first season, if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, racism, more racism. Yeah. All, <laughs> and all waitresses look alike, as we know. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's probably up there as my favorite. The, the split parties is great. Karen and Pam, it's like the only time. Mm-hmm. It really made me think, too, like, I don't think if Jim was out of the picture, that Karen and Pam would be friends. They're just so different. Like, yeah, but it, I could see them being good work friends because they both hate the same people. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, especially at this point in the show, Angela is so terrible. And so I could see them like being work friends. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, what sticks out to me is that Pam is like is such a pushover for so long. Mm-hmm. Even when she gets with Jim, she's kind of like, yeah, as I continue to watch this show, I feel like they really did a disservice to Pam, like because they didn't give her a lot to begin with, mm-hmm. and like she just never, like, <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, but like her, she's just good at art, capital right. A art. Like she does watercolor, she makes a comic book for Jim, she does murals. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I think we all know someone who fancies themselves as an artist, and like they have like one medium that they're good at, right? So, like, Pam just does art. She's an artist. That's it. So, it's like, yeah, I don't know. They, and then eventually she's, like, an amazing volleyball player. It's just, like, they feel like Pam was so underdeveloped that they just chuck stuff onto her later on. Right. Um, so, because of that, Karen seems so defined, you know. Mm. Um, so, when they're together, it's really fun for this episode. But then afterwards, like, especially to when, um, was, is it women's appreciation? Like, you could see how different they are. Right, and, right, right. You know. And how they react, like especially yeah. Michael and everything. Yeah. Right. There you go. Top Christmas mm. episodes. Yeah, yeah, very pretty close. Pretty close. Mm. I mean, there's some clear duds and some clear winners. Yeah, for sure. So back to our regularly scheduled broadcasting schedule. Um, this we, was a great set of episodes. Yeah, great set of episodes. Uh, 
I haven't and, been excited to do this show in a long time, Jacob. And this is the uh, the first time I'm coming with like weird conspiracy theories in okay. the second episode. So, you know, hang around for that one. Finally, finally, we're going to hit that three million <laughs> listener mark that we've been aiming for. So, first episode, uh, season eight, episode eleven, trivia, directed by B.J. Novak and written by Steve Helley. So, um, the cold open is this. Uh, it's it's funny as a standalone. If you take a step back and you analyze it, it's stupid. Right, right. So so let's not. <laughs> so it starts with uh, everybody being extremely quiet. Right, because no one. Yeah, they're trying to set a record for longest time without talking. Apparently, it's only been fourteen minutes. Right, but you I mean in a sales office, people are always talking, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably true because people are on phone calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what, what just confuses me is like, why is it a thing? Why does anybody care that it's quiet? You know, it's not like anybody ever complains it's too loud. In I don't know. Maybe Jim said something about like, you know, it'd be really cool if we could just be quiet for a while because I you know, have all these screaming kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. sure, we could do that. It'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe Meredith came in with a hangover. I mean, she seems mm-hmm. fine, but could mm-hmm. be, could be. She did put that in the suggestion box, I think. Everybody is too loud in the office. A little bit <laughs> right. like yeah, like season one, I think, yeah. or two. Yeah. Um, so Dwight ends up hanging up on a customer mm-hmm. as the phone rings. Um, Andy sees a raccoon outside. He says eating a hamburger, but it looked like just a sandwich to me. But in my- Yeah, it did kind of like more like a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and then like Kevin opens up like a Three Musketeers bar, I think, and Bicycle is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full on Kool Aid man, oh yeah, yeah." It's like really pleasurable to him, right? <clears throat> um, yeah, if you ever watch Bob's Burgers, right, he'd be the guy who says exceptional mouth feel, um, right? So that it, yeah. Episode. So everybody starts chatting and complaining, and they're giving tips to other people. Like you can't do this, you can't do that. Jim's not supposed to tap. Aaron has sliced her whole arm open. Apparently, right, like big old cut, and yeah. then no one helps her. No, no one helps her because they get like right back into it pretty quick. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Pretty funny. Poor though, Aaron. Man. Yeah. Uh, so we open open up with Andy trying to sell his own employees. Their own paper. That's right. He wants to get high on their own supply. Right. You know, he's like, what can you do with paper? He's like, oh, you can write a book about chairs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a little surprised. It may, may have been too on the nose. I was like, I, when, when I first saw this, well, now, now that I've seen Seinfeld, I was, I was kind of expecting it like a book about, you know, no. about, right. uh, was it uh, coffee tables? A coffee yeah, table yeah. book about coffee tables? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you find out really that um, if you recall a couple episodes ago, Andy promised Robert to double their profits to eight percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are close; they're like eight hundred bucks away from that, right? And Andy's apparently bought something like two thousand three hundred bucks worth of paper, which mm-hmm. we see in his own car. Right, <laughs> he's trying to sell it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're eight like eight hundred dollars off, and. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, Robert California had some, said something to the effect of if you don't hit the number exactly, you're, you're dead, especially the whole, after the whole Mrs. California thing. Yeah. Like, um, after he said it, we have some off camera conversation where it's repeated again with a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, if you're $800 of doubling your growth, you know, from 4% to 8%, that's really I good. Know. I mean, oh, you know, not for nothing, and no one brings it up, and we shouldn't. But like, 
fire someone, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's growth. It's not probably growth. Okay. It's growth. Okay, that's fair. That's Which fair. In, in such a contested market, I mean, going from 4% to 8% and a quarter is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also too, because I would imagine like everything, like there's got to be better seasons and quarters for selling oh, paper. Right. Preschool yeah, year, that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. School year, you, you know. Yeah, you would think probably get into like different semesters and, you know, if it also depends on where you are, but yeah, if yeah. you can sell the school district, you know, that's going to help. Yeah, yeah. Yearbook time, that's going to help. Yep, yep. So, um, so it doesn't work out. No one wants to buy some and Andy comes up with this idea to basically like have the numbers fudged a bit. Right, so he's... Um, he starts talking to C-SPAN, Oscar. That's right. Uh, as uh, it is like, hey, my dad says an accountant can really help you if he's willing to play ball. Yeah. Oscar's even like, hey, it's a rounding error. And he's like, just make that error. Yeah. And Kevin, you know, he gets really self-aware in this season. Yeah. We saw with Mrs. California. He's like, look, I can make that error. But Andy's not willing to let him make an error on purpose. Yeah, well, because it seems like, because the trick of it is it also has to look like an error, right? It can't just be someone deliberately putting in the wrong number. Right, right. So, so it's like everybody knows Oscar has the finesse to be like, okay, let's change this number from a month ago, this number from last week, and then we can kind of do it. Well, depending on like the order size, you could just like have a typo right yeah. well, that's right right yeah but that's the thing it's like there's an art in lying well i mean the easiest one would be say you had a, like a twenty one hundred dollar or twelve hundred dollar order you just transpose those first two numbers and you're there boom you, boom, boom look at that 800 bucks yeah where were you when andy needed to do that <laughs> you were probably don't there. do this because you will go to prison yeah but <laughs> It would not be that hard. <laughs> right. Um, but eventually Oscar says he can't do it because he um, he has a thing. He has right. a trivia night and people are depending on him in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, he gets to this whole like, you know, I'm there for them, they're there for me, and it's all weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird way to sell it, but clearly he just wants to really go. Right. And, uh, you know, with a twinkle in his eye, Andy says, okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. And so we'll fall. Flip over to our, our B storyline. So actually very a la Michael Scott, Dwight talked to Robert California about a job in printer sales. And Robert California randomly said, come on down sometime and we'll talk about it. Right. So no meeting planned, nothing. Dwight just hops a jet like, you know, he was going to like Michael Scott was going to do it for the 4th of July. That's right. And, and uh, goes down to Saber Corporate and tries to get a meeting with Robert California. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we get to see, you know, not even a cast. We get to see one extra person, which seems to be the receptionist for, um, I wondered, is it specifically Robert's receptionist? Uh, it, yeah, it's, it felt very C-level corporate. Yeah, because based on like where she was sitting. Or, or his, uh, I wouldn't say receptionist, probably. Um, Just like, like an admin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know where I work, like every managing director and up has an ad, their own admin. Wow. So, wow. 
well, I work for a nonprofit. So <laughs> we are all our own admins. Right. Well, you're also not a managing director of a multi-billion dollar company. True. I am a manager of a, there's multi-something. Yeah. There's a lot of something, a lot of angry people on the are, internet. Are you the, are, you, are you the manager of yourself and that's it? I'm the social media manager, so I manage all of our social media. Uh, um, but yeah, so this lady is like super bubbly. Like, I mean, obviously, like she is like legit, right? Right. You know, it's like, like yeah. those are the kind of people that they're that bubbly and you're like, yep, this is where I die. She's yeah. going to murder me. That's right. Yeah. She's just like super good at deflecting and like, you know, if it wasn't Dwight, anybody else would like feel calm. Okay. So we know how Robert California is. Yes. And the secretary was... Not unattractive. Correct. So could you imagine being in that position, dealing with him all the time? Oh, uh, I got to say, aside from him having been married when he met his current wife or ex-wife, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to like, I mean, it's creepy. And he does use like a seductive thing about him. But I don't think he like, any like power he uses, quote unquote, I think is from like his intellect and stature as a man as opposed to like him being like i am the you know the boss of saber <laughs> you, you will do me you know right, like, well, I, don't I was more that. like you know in the office if he's talking to aaron there's an yeah. audience so he doesn't get that creepy but around there there's not much of an audience he could like without just being robert being robert and going in all those sexual metaphors he likes to go into it could probably be pretty uncomfortable for someone alone anyone well, alone <laughs> Sure, uncomfortable, but but I also think too he probably has like a um, like standards, right? I mean, Not that did. she is like low standard, but I mean like he also is like right because again this lady is pretty, obviously yeah. smart enough to be his admin, but like you know I think he would want someone worldly because <laughs> Aaron also attractive, but like definitely naive as shit, right? So like I you know he was being kind of nice, but I think even on a good day where they're sober, he wouldn't really do that either because. Mm. You know, he could, uh, I don't know, model names. Cindy Crawford or Christy Brinkley. You know, those types of modern day supermodels. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Williams, you know? Mm, right. So so we flash back to yeah. um, screen. Well, real quick. Sorry. We see Gabe there. We do see Gabe there. Sitting okay. across and he's right. like in shrubbery. Right. And we'll get into that. But yeah. so Andy calls Daryl and Jim in the office and is like, hey, I have an idea. There's a trivia contest at a bar and feeling like, great, let's do it. He's like, wait, he's trying to explain. He's like, nope, nope, let's do it. Yeah. Then we get the the classic like fist bump meme you see from Daryl yep. and, and uh, Jim. And so they go to Philly and they walk into this, you know, to a gay bar. Yes. And Oscar's incredulous. He's pissed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, he looks like, Jim, Daryl, you thought this was a good idea? And Jim's like, I thought this was a fun idea. Yeah. It beats working. Yeah. Right. Cause they got to leave work early. Um, and he's like, there were a couple of times on the two hour long car ride. Yeah. He's like, that's the problem with a long car trip. You start to like get bored. Um, so, so they have to divide into teams. They decide to stay. And um, mm. they basically have Dunder Mifflin A team, B team, and the. Right. And he's like, separate yourselves. I trust you guys. Yeah. You, we're all self aware here. And so, they do a good, pretty good job, you know. As soon as, as soon as um, Angie says A team, like Meredith's like, "Oh, fun timer's over here," and like, 
You know, Aaron goes with her, and so does Kelly. Yeah, Kelly and um, – yeah. And then the B team goes, and it's uh, Stanley, Phyllis, someone else, Creed? Kathy. Kathy. Um, and then Jim goes. Right. And Stanley stops him. He's all like, <laughs> he's like, you don't belong with us, kid. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, kid. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And Kevin wants to be part of the A team, but Andy kind of is a dick to him. Yeah. I mean – he, I mean, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but I mean, like, there's not really a lot of diplomatic ways to do it. I think he probably did it the best way. He just goes like, so, everybody <laughs> kind of stares at him. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so he so goes you, to the fun team. Yeah. You ever do trivia nights? Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to, but my wife's been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately, and I think I'd be terrible. I mean, aside from the fact that Jeopardy's worded in a confusing fashion, like I might be able to answer a question that is appropriately asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to there was this freaking category that you had to guess the name of the person. No, you had to guess Roman numeral numbers that were the initials of the person who was the answer to the question. Oh, screw that. No. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, like, like it was most like that demon and it was MD and then MD is, I have no idea what. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Something. I don't, is D a number? In uh, five, I'm pretty sure it's 500. Well, there you go. It's so it's just power. like you got I know like it was a thousand. Figure that out. Yeah, yeah. But so no, anyway, most uh, like every trivia night I've been to is a lot of like you know like the HQ questions. Like they're very much like a factoidal question. It's not having to like be smart about it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I, I'll do it. I'll do it. You talk me into it. Boom. Yeah, there, there's a find brewery. me find me a gay bar and I will go. <laughs> there's a brewery near my house that does it at like once a month, and we'll go out there every, every once in a while. Sounds nice. It is nice. <laughs> Um, so they, so they split up and they sit down and, uh, they, they go. Uh, and I always, I never caught Oscar's team name, Aesop's Fuebles. Cause I don't know if they were saying something in Spanish or not. <laughs> yeah. I can only assume there's some kind of reference. On, like, I know it's a, a play on Aesop's fables, but the, it feels like there's supposed like some hidden foibles, foibles. Um, which, yeah, I don't know, foibles. Because a lot of these team names, which I have a list of here, uh, are like kind of like gay puns. Well, that's kind of what I was wondering because it's like the Queerenstein Bears. Yeah, uh, Joey Triviani. Oh, I didn't. Which is not really that. gay. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I'll have yeah. to use that next time. Joey Triviani. <laughs> uh, the Impish Impresarios. Uh, two Broke Dorks. Jason Sodakis. Oh, Sodakis. Got it. Uh, <laughs> Ladies Gaga. Mm-hmm. And then Aesop's Foibles. And then Lawrence O'Trivier. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, there you go. And then the Einsteins. Not gay. Right. Just dates your, just marries your cousin, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, sorry. Split up into their teams and then we go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, back to Tallahassee. Uh, we find Gabe who apparently is not wanted anywhere. So, you know, he's like, uh, Tallahassee says they need me up in Scranton, and Scranton says that they need me down here. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm here, and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm in Scranton. Yeah, I mean, that is creepy, right? Like, when does he sleep? Right. I mean, that's... like a four... I mean, it's like a six-hour... All oh. told, right? Going to the airport and all that. Yeah, yeah. Especially because you'd have to fly into Philly, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're 
Yeah, I mean, where they are. How, how much is he not wanted that his company is willing to pay for five flights a week? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could, could you imagine those frequent flyer miles? Yeah. So it goes to Amsterdam every couple of months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. And if you were flying that much, you would be like a like a list preferred always getting the upgrades everything if you're flying that much i mean it could account for why he's so tall constantly being in such low altitude (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so robert shows up Mm -hmm. and um is surprised that dwight is there right says like let me get settled Mm-hmm. Before uh, we do our interview, then he gives Gabe a call. No, he doesn't give Gabe. No, no, no. He, 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 but it's been a while. Right, he comes out, says it's not his day, and he's gonna let him talk to the COO. Yeah, Bill, something or other. Mm-hmm. I think he just calls him Bill. Yeah. Um, then he calls Gabe and is like, "Hey, Bill's fighting a fire on the home front," um, which Gabe completely screws up the analogy when he talks to. Yeah. Yeah. To uh to Dwight, but he he's like, look, don't bother Bill with this. Wait for you know twenty minutes and listen to his pitch. That's right. And sort of one of the jokes in this episode is um, Gabe says that you know, uh, well he he gets off the phone with this like bagel guy or muffin guy, something like that. Yeah, it's a it's like a breakfast bakery, you know? right? And and Dwight's like, oh, it's good to know you handle that here. And he's like, look, what's the most important thing in the house? The toilet. I make stuff disappear. <laughs> and Dwight's like, wow, you could have said garbage disposal. Incinerator, eraser, but you win with toilet. You are an American classic. <laughs> yeah. um, so eventually Dwight has to give his spiel to Gabe, right? Right. And uh, he listens, he listens, and Gabe just has like this weird sick face that slowly turns into this like Batman style villain <laughs> grin. Yeah. yeah. And then he extends his hand out and then he says, Dwight, put your hand on my hand. And he goes, flush. <laughs> and Dwight's just like, he's at it. So he like throws him in this like arm lock. He's like, don't take me to, you know, Robert California. And he's like, you might be an excellent toilet gay, but I'm just a massive piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. Which is an amazing line. <laughs> yeah. He's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he convinces Gabe to take him to Robert's place. Mm-hmm. We switch back over right. to, uh, to our trivia folk. And the, uh, the Dunder Mifflin A team, not doing so hot. No. And, and like, um, Ryan basically has to leave the team because he won't get off his phone. He's like, I just, I can't not. I can't. You know, my wife said that's me. And I think out of the people in my home, that may be true. But I work with all these like New York City attached people and like during meetings, they're on their phones. And my job is to be on my phone. So the fact that I'm aware that these people are on their phone all the time, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> so I, I truly met some Ryan Howards um, and nice. he bounces, he bounces. So they're short a person. B team is sucking it down hardcore, but surprisingly a team named after the Einstein. Right. The Einstein, the Einstein mm-hmm. uh, is doing great. Right. It's very like um Slumdog Billionaire. They all they all know these answers based off like random stuff they've seen. Yeah. Like Kelly knows the sixth man of the year was Lamar Odom because of uh, the Kardashians. Keeping up with the Kardashians. But if it had been somebody else who would have come up with on Dancing with the Stars or something. <laughs> right, right. Erin knows some boat trivia because of her relationship with Andy. Right. 
Meredith knows about like, learning disabilities. Right. The number one disability in, in elementary school, I think is what it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, and Kevin, Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> it's what blind people think about, obviously. <laughs> uh, so it ends up being Oscar's team versus the Einsteins in the yes. final, final match. And it comes down to this question about French cinema. And if someone were asking me that question, I'd be like, nope. But Kevin knows it because some actress was, I'm guessing, like fully nude many times in the movie. That's the reason he watched it. Yeah. um, Marion Cotillard. She was the wife in Inception, among other things. But that's. It's been so long since I've seen Inception. I don't remember what she looks like. It was a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he gets it right. They win. Andy gets the money. Right. We never see this all come to fruition. Like, it's not a conversation that gets had. No one pats anybody on the back or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how they add the money to the ledger either. That's a good question. Like, I mean, I I assume he just has to, like, they they have an order and it's delivered to the customer, a la Kevin. (laughs) And now it's $800 worth of paper. Yeah, or they use that for Andy to buy more paper also or whatever, right? Right, right. Something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they do that. That's great. Um, so, so do you think Andy offered to pay for everyone to like eat and drink so he could get the money? Oh, no, I don't think so. That's, I mean, that would be an oversight because then at that point, right, isn't he almost spending a couple hundred bucks? Well, it's still growth. It's growth. It's not. No, I know. But I mean, like, oh, right. I wasn't assuming Dunder Mifflin was paying for that. You said Andy, right? I'm thinking right. Andy's paying out of his pocket. Well, if he's paying for Andy, everybody to go down there and drink and pay for gas and all that stuff. If there's an entry fee. Or maybe maybe it was Dunder Mifflin paying for it. I could see that as a team building event. Was Toby there? No, I don't remember seeing Toby because Toby wouldn't approve that. <laughs> do we need to take your Do we need to take your card away from you again? Yeah, um, yeah. So so that's that. Um, there's one more trivia bit that we'll get to after. But mm-hmm. We're back in Florida. Uh, Gabe is still in an arm lock, but now he's in the middle of like an apartment complex or condos or something. Right. It's a uh, long-term housing. It's, yeah. it's pretty popular around like corporate headquarters and stuff. And most major towns have them, I would say long-term, like they're all full of fully furnished. They cut deals, you know, for like execs who are moving there, they can stay there until they find a house. And right. Right. Stuff. Um, so Dwight just starts calling out Robert California's name. Right. Eventually having Robert come out onto his balcony and see it. And he's all sweaty and stuff. And it's all kind of mysterious, but he makes his way around. And we find out he's participating in the wrestling lesson. Yeah. It's like um, freestyle. Uh, it wasn't Greco-Roman, but it was more freestyle uh, wrestling. I mean, and it doesn't even seem like a lesson. That seems like a, that's a misspeak. It just seems like they're wrestling. Yeah. They're just kind of rolling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Robert's uh, point of view is that, what, 30 minutes or something? Yeah, one night of about is equivalent to running up a hill for three hours. Yeah, yeah. So that's not how cardio works, but yeah. I mean, I because, I mean, you know, me and my wife do jujitsu, and that is, you know, five minutes of rolling with somebody, you're torched. Well, my wife and I have been playing a lot of Smash Brothers. So <laughs> sore thumbs, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, well, James Spader is not in the best shape. No. So, yeah, something's got to be telling him that he's not doing a great job <laughs> with his 
athletic regiment. Um, so yeah, they eventually get to talking and Robert has a, a bit with Dwight and Dwight starts to give his speech, but Robert stops him and um, he tries to like deflect, right? And give him this mm-hmm. medal. Right. <laughs> like you don't need a permit. Right. And Dwight, it looked for a second, he was going to like suck it up like he did with Michael. And he's like, I came here for a job, not a flea market or something like that. Yep. And that was like one of those moments where I'm like, oh, that's, that's one of those sort of like checkmark moments for Dwight as a character. He he didn't fold to the strong authority. Right. Like he's yeah. done so much in the past. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, Robert California finally just comes out and says, the job's not right for you. And if there is one that, you know, might be right for you, we'll talk about it. And that's right. Dwight's like, all right. And he's like, now get out of my house. Yeah. yeah. And we see that pretty soon with the whole Tallahassee thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, as a, as a VP job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the episode ends on our team, Einstein's, going to another trivia night thinking they're going to, you know, clean house. Right. Um, and they don't. No, they like, get crushed. Yep, yep. It was just this perfect situation last time and they're, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. So what are you what are you rating this episode? You know, I liked it a lot. Um, I'm gonna say mostly because like we were out of the office, but we weren't involved in people's personal lives. Because that's the problem, right? Like when we go out of the office, then like it's a really personal story about someone or whatever a lot mm-hmm. of times. Right. So it was just nice to see the the ensemble together in this. Right. It was it was a new location for the same cast. That's right. Um, yeah, because also very rarely do we go out and not have only the principal folks. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it a, a 3.5 out of 5 um, jibs. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm actually pretty similar there. Uh, you know, it's 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 a fun episode, but there's, and that's about it. You know, it's not like this big, right? you know, kind of like the next episode, it's also really fun, but there's more character development, that kind of stuff. Uh, but so I give this a 3.8 out of five cooking the books. Nice. Nice. That takes us to our last episode of the evening pool party, Mm -hmm. which is directed by Charles McDougal and written by Owen Ellickson. Right. With the infamous meatball cold open. (laughs) It's an amazing cold. Okay. And so, I mean, we, we kind of all know how this works, right? So Jim, uh, and this is something that's going to factor into my theory. Uh, Jim is saying that he's been pranking more because Pam is gone and it's better to do it with an audience. And he figured out that Stanley likes certain things, but not everything. Right. And I don't know if they, if him and if Stanley and Dwight got in there, he's like, all right, when he starts using food, just stick on that. Or if it was specifically meatballs and maybe he knew why, like, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of like Dwight, like incepting the idea of meatballs into Jim's head. But yeah, so Jim starts like leaving meatballs everywhere and like his drawer in the stapler again, you know, call back to the pilot. Stanley's just cracking up. And I just, Dwight plays it so well. He's like, he's like, this is not clever, Jim. Like incredulous that he, he is stooping so low as to just this dumb thing. Yeah. 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 I think um, part of me wonders like if Jim was really grasping at straws and then just randomly did meatballs one day. Right. And then Stanley approached Dwight being like, Hey, what are you gonna do with those meat? And then they were like, Oh, we can like, we can make a buck off it. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe, maybe. So we, we do find out that they've been splitting the meatballs evenly at the end of the day and they haven't had to like 
buy food in a week or something. Right. Like yeah. It's just, it's just weird to be like, okay, that's like, how'd you get to meatball? Well, you've been meatballed. Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we kind of see this aftermath of, you know, Aaron with, you know, from Christmas and she's talking about how like, oh, she's doing really well. And she's taking this Italian class, which is really just a restaurant she goes to three days a week for a couple hours. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sitting over. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Right. So she's trying to like do this, like finding herself kind of thing. Right. Um, but she gets a phone call from Jessica. Right. And, uh, you know, she, she chit chats and being all nice about it. And like, she transfers it to Andy and he very loudly says, Jessica, I love you under his breath. That's a message from my parents. Yeah. I don't think he was, uh, I think he was just delivering it weird. Right. Like he wasn't. Right. Yeah. I don't think it was intentional, but it did make things kind of awkward. Yeah. So apparently he got this, the ring that his grandmother wore. Yep. That, but they had pulled the diamond out because that was more for his little brother. Right. Which my, I was told the diamond, well, obviously it's better just from like monetary standpoint, but also too, um, I was told that like having a diamond and then choosing whatever style ring you want is better than like having this old timey style ring, which is what Andy ultimately has. Right. Um, so that that's the other well, way you can sh- yeah it's easier to yeah I, I can i can see that yeah. you know sort of shaping the two together right but i mean I'm, it's easier to set them especially if you go with like um like a princess cut kind of thing you've lost me <laughs> when, I, when i was shopping for wedding bands with my wife like i i knew in my head i was like i want something plain and flat and like simple you know like i i don't know like i use my hands a lot and i don't want things sticking out or whatever but i also mm. i don't want any pizzazz and we're talking to the ring lady and then she kind of like starts getting into some of these things with like jewels in them and i'm like oh my god (laughs) and and you know whatever she wants totally fine but then i'm worried i'm like well we wanted to match and i'm not getting shit uh it was a very it was i was having a lot of feeling but we're great now but yeah, so I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. It's in there, or like a cathedral setting. You know, there's different settings and cuts and shapes and all that crap and colors. And well, now we all know where you work, apparently. <laughs> K Jewelers over here. Yeah, I just, I just got a simple white gold band. That's all I got. Yeah, also for the first two months, I thought I had a different material. But yes, I do have white gold also. The only, the only special thing I got is I got the cuff, comfort. Uh, inside so so like the outside is you know however thick the ring is but the inside that actually touches the hand is much thinner oh so it's much easier to get on and off and you don't sweat as much interesting good to know yeah come I mean, come I, for I, the I, office and learn about wedding rings <laughs> there you go <laughs> um so so robert's in the office yep and he is very pissed essentially and he's looking at this very nice house and uh Jim says something about it. And then Oscar says something like, oh, who would ever want to build that? And uh, Robert is like, it's my house. I'm selling it. Yeah. And Jim's like, oh, yeah, that's great looking. <laughs> and of course, you know, Oscar gets into his thing of, um, you know, it's going to be my temple to wine and revelry and sex and intrigue. But, you know, uh, my the oh was it the she the the 
the beautiful devil that stole my 40 in my Playboy yeah. mansion or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so somehow Kevin turns the whole situation into like a party. In- right. He's like, hey, why don't we come over and use your indoor pool? Yeah. It's yeah. like one last hurrah. It's like, oh, yeah. You could say hurrah. He can say hurrah. Maybe the one who says hurrah last is it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's always great when Kevin, like, someone acknowledges that Kevin said a good idea mm-hmm. like, in the middle of whatever Kevin didn't intend to say, and then he doesn't realize that and just goes off. Right. Um, it's kind of like his cookie idea, right? Right. It, yeah. it, it, there's this great bit where, like, Jim laughs at something that Robert California says. He's like, do you find that funny, Jim? It's like, yeah. oh, I thought you were like doing like a sad clown thing. And he goes into like how like, oh, the painted gestures of a dying industry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jim's just like backpedaling like, oh no, oh no, I'm, I'm this, this is how I die. This is how yeah. I'm fired. Yeah. It's like, sorry, Pam, I lost my job. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then this turns into what the episode is aptly called after, which is the pool party. Right. And there's uh, everything kind of revolves around this. You Correct. know, there, right. there's a couple storylines here, but right, it is all. But, but the, yeah, but they're much more intertwined where a lot of other ABs are very separate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting, I did think, is that we get two episodes back to back that are very, one, the entire cast, and two, almost always away from pretty much all of the episodes away from the office. That's right. Yep. Uh, so I found that really interesting. But Meredith goes up to Aaron is like, hey, I can give you a ride. Yep. And she's like, how do you know where I live? It's like, and she drops the whole bit about, you know, Andy wanted to make sure that, you know, Robert didn't have sex with her. Yeah. And she gets really kind of like, ooh, maybe, maybe you still got feelings for me kind of thing. Yep. So, uh, it kind of sets in motion Aaron's own goal to like kind of get back with Andy mm-hmm. more so to like, she does some like things to establish the relationship status between Jessica and Andy. Right. Right. Um, so she drops a couple lines or whatever, and Andy's not really feeling it because on his behalf, like you said, he's got this ring mm-hmm. and oddly yeah. enough, it seems like he might propose at his boss's pool party, which is not the weirdest place he's proposed to because he mm-hmm. did propose at his HR rep leaving party. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has it and he's been carrying it around, right? Right. Well, I'm just thinking of like, you know, a house like that is probably going to have a nice yard. Maybe you go out for a little stroll and find a cozy spot. I don't know. I was in bed when I got <laughs> proposed to. That's how <laughs> nice. to do it. Um, yeah. So, so Aaron's trying to make moves on Andy. Andy right. is concerned about his ring, which he ends up lost for a bit because he uh, left it in his pants. His pants were moved by Stanley because Stanley says pants are only save a spot when there's a person in them. Something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we see Jessica again in this episode and like, it's still like, you know, it's really weird because by the end of the episode, you do have this feeling that Andy is really unsure of what he's doing with right. both of them. Yeah. And you know, may, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, Jessica's a good person, Andy is well, Andy, but maybe they just didn't connect. You know, there 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 are definitely relationships like that where, you know, both people are good people and on paper they should work, but for whatever reason they don't. But you know, it just I feel bad for like it's just more of that just like I feel bad for. Her. Yeah. I mean Jessica is a normal person in the world of the office. Right. Right. Like if she were around Michael Scott, she would think it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. 
And I would assume that when Andy's just around her, aside from like whatever his goofiness is, which I think she feels is intentional humor, even though it's probably some personal oddities, um, that, right, she's just not used to dealing with the insanity that is Dunderman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also feel like she genuinely likes Andy. Right. Well, I also get the feeling, and I think we've seen some of this borne out in older episodes that, you know, um, it's not as crazy when he's alone or not around the people at the office, sort of Michael Scott-ish. You know, there is that performance factor. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. we get into the whole that, you know, which me am I going to be today and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I would, I would think that he is much more subdued away from the office. Right. right. Still, still funny, quirky, all that stuff, but not the, over, you know, boorishly loud Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right term? Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Um, So that's going on. Uh, Jim shows up to the party and he has alternative motives. Not ulterior, really. I mean, he wants to be there and then leave. Right. He just wants to like make sure he, and you kind of got to, right? It's the boss's party, which we established in season six. You got to go to the boss's party. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) He talks about it the way he like, you know, all of his things for leaving a party early, like get one good picture say some weird non sequitur and have one talking point. That's right. Yeah. yeah Cause he loves leaving parties. Or- That's right. Which is crazy. I don't think he always did. I think maybe now the, the beastly helperts do that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's different when the things you really care about are, you know, you have them, they're at your house. Yes. Accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I'm just saying like, he says it as if like he's been doing this since he was 17. Right, right. But this is like, this is the new gym. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, Kathy. We, so one thing I've noticed, especially recently in the episodes, is there's a lot more subtle camera play and um, dialogue. And so it is like they, they make a point to show Kathy saying something to Jim. And there's another throwaway line with that. Um, there's actually some really good just throwaway lines. Some of them are plot development and some of them just are funny but it's a much more subtle writing style than in the past i'm just watching you do like the ancient aliens <laughs> aliens hand motion like <laughs> for the past four minutes i'm like oh, i'm just waiting for you to get into whatever weird theory you've got going on okay um, well sorry if, if anyone watches the youtube i use my hands a lot <laughs> and sometimes i feel like marshall and how much but i was like what do i do with my hands yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. um uh, yeah, no, there is. Yeah. And like, um, you know, like later on they're they're playing chicken or whatever. And Kathy's invited and she goes, where's Jim? Right. And, you know, it's two things. One, it could be because she's got a thing for Jim mm-hmm. in, in this instant. I'm not saying that. I mean, clearly she's got something for him in Tallahassee. But right, right now, maybe it's like still developing and she's not bold enough to make a move. Um, but the other thing, too, is like clearly of all the people, like Jim would be the person you want to be friends with in the office, right? Jim or Pam. Right. Because Ryan is of the same age, but he's kind of weird and then everybody else is. So it makes sense for, again, quote unquote, normal people to want to be friends with the normal people. Mm. So it could be two things. Just, it could be two things. I mean, again, we know he tried, she tries to bang him. Right. All right. So since we're here, I'll bring up my, my theory I had. Okay. Okay. If, if so Jacob had more hair on the top of his head. I'm sure he'd be standing straight up. Uh, okay. So, the idea is that in the Christmas episode, oh. Kathy didn't complain to Andy to move clumps. She complained to get Jim to stop messing with Dwight so much and pay more attention to her. Okay. So um, it's established 
early in this episode that Jim is pranking more. And yeah. it also sees the Christmas episode. Since Pam has left, he's been pranking more. Um, so sh- she's not getting the attention. We already know because like special projects two episodes away. So if as we like to do the, uh, you know, sort of taking it sort of a sort chronologically speaking, you know, the episodes are. Uh, so two episodes down the road, she's going to say to a friend, hey, I know I worked with his wife. I know the relationship is bad. Uh, I've done it before. It's, you know, what else are we going to do in Tallahassee? So, and, and we also know that Jim is this very, 30% of his focus is on his work and 70% is everywhere else. So I have this idea that her entire thing was trying to get more attention onto her. Uh. Because when Payne was there and she was sort of, you know, they were working the desk together, she probably got a lot of attention. And we saw that in the, um, oh, when she first shows up, the new girl episode. So right. there you go. It was not because she did not want Jim. It is not because she was annoyed by the pranking, but it was because she wanted Jim to pay more attention to it. She was playing the long game. Right. Hmm. And maybe, you know, it, I mean, if you're willing to do that multiple times and you're like, yeah, she was probably just trying to speed things up. I mean, let me let me let me say this, Jacob. <laughs> um, we have and we haven't in a while approached a topic that would be worthy of the Jacob podcast that talks about <laughs> all the secrets that are about your life. Um, and and a lot of those secrets involved how it seemed like you would approach relationships with people or whatever. Um, so I, I say all that, one, because it's funny. <laughs> the Jacob podcast is hilarious. And two, uh, because I'm sure when you were in your youth, you know, the, the Don Juan that was Jacob, um, the J-Man, as I'm sure you were called. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah, you know, like, you, I'm sure you, you must have done something similar, right? Like, in terms of, like, you didn't work with people. But, like, you know, planting, planting seeds. So oh, yeah, you definitely, yeah. You like, you, you plant the seeds. You, yeah. Water it, water it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl walks by your desk and you trip her, water in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever you did, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess I, I asked that because it sounds like you're making Kathy seem like some, like, psycho. Well, no, but she's in special project. This is a throwaway line that it took me probably five or six times seeing to actually grab. But she says, one, bad marriage, two, uh, she alludes to her friend that she's done this before. Right. Uh, so it's a pattern. It's not that she's a psycho. It's just this is what she does or this is something she likes to do. So do you think that uh, like she like exclusively dates? Uh, probably people? not. Right. Uh, but she's not opposed to, you know, wrecking a marriage to get what she wants. Which is how the Jimmy Howpee. <laughs> <wasn't great. laughs> I had to try it. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. And you're right. She definitely does say that. Uh, well, and I, at this point, and I forget now because I watched all those Christmas episodes in like weird orders or whatever, but Stanley had an affair already. Uh, yes. Because yes. Michael's the one who blows that. Right. Well, and also in, was it the first or second episode with, when season eight, you know, uh, it was the first episode with the uh, with the ledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Did you know Stanley's not in one but two consensual relationships and the consistently high sales?" Like, I did not know about the sales. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, 
Well, so then too, I wonder then if she's like aware of that also, and she sees the office as like this Ally McBeal style hotbed of same sex bathroom intercourse. <laughs> so she's like, "Oh, I'll just bang Jim." Well, you know, but it's also you know he's got a pattern of falling for girls he's with, right? You know, around works with. Okay, okay, right. So yes, Pam, Karen, with women he's involved. With. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that fits a pattern. And so maybe, you know, she's like, I can work this. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Pam says it. She's a uh, cute lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was an entire episode dedicated to like, you know, why, why, is, why is she making her laughs? Why is he making her laugh so much? I mean, is she Hillary Swank? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on what side of that fence you fall on. But um yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to get wrap my head around what you're trying to say here. So, okay. The entire, she could probably get with a lot of people, right? Because of her. Well, he, yeah, but, but the, the, the but theory was... Out of her way. The theory was that she was trying to get more attention yes. by calling them out and then actually wanting to move clumps. Was, okay. So that really, was the theory. So really, it's about that crux of right. her intentions of like ratting them out for the pranks. Right. To start you know, to either just get more attention, you know, she, she likes, you know, Jim's funny. He's a nice guy. Maybe she just wants to talk to him more, but maybe it's already starting to develop into that. I want the attention because I want to be with this person. Bang this person probably. Right. Not be. Bang. Uh, I was. B is a little more. Well, it's a little bit more idealistic for how you're painting her. (laughs) She wants to do the horizontal mambo. Jim wanted to be with Pam. It's Kathy. Wants to oh, yeah. dunder his Mifflin. Well, and the other thing is, is she knows she's leaving, right? She's a temp. So if, if well, something happens, right. Short, and she can bounce. Right? You yeah. know, she can bounce and never see him again. Yeah. Well, I won't say you're wrong. I think that's a sound, <laughs> sound reasoning. <laughs> I just hit me today in the shower. I was like, oh, wait, this makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Andy, or not Andy, Robert says, like, hey, we're going on a tour. And Jim's like, no, it's okay. He's like, no, come now, yeah. essentially, because he's still obviously pissed. I'm going to say, uh, I would have watched an entire episode of just the tour. The other stuff oh, is yeah. fine. It's entertaining. But I, part of me really hopes that there were, like, enough deleted scenes out of all of the different rooms. Like, that would have just been a fascinating episode of, like, this weird crew of dudes following Robert. And, like, they're all such different level of, like, societal manliness, you know? Right. And, like, they're all getting more and more drunk. Yeah, because you got, like, uh, Gabe and Ryan doing, like, this, like, brown nose competition. This yeah, it's suck weird. Up. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about that, too. Yeah. Um, then you got Oscar being, like, a, well, one, gay, right? So he's right. Kind of already a different mentality than Robert. But, two, like, being an actual wine aficionado, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Then you got Toby, who is... None of those things. Right. Very weak-willed, but now posing as a wine aficionado. And then, right, Jim just desperately trying to get away. Um, yeah, and so they, they go into, oh, the lobby that got turned into, like, a Pilates studio. Right, it was supposed to be, like, an, an yeah, like a living room-ish type mm-hmm. thing. And Oscar finds the wine. And he's like, what is this, 300 bottles? Like, no, 1,200. Yeah, like, clearly, like, there's shelves and it goes back in it. right. And so he's like, screw it, drink up, might as well. Yeah, well, first it sounds like he poses as like, have, have one as a gift. But as we continue on through the tour, we see that they've now opened their bottles and have started drinking it along the way. 
Oh yeah, just like for yeah. rock star in it. Yeah, yeah. It, to- Toby grabs the just randomly 1995 Chateau Margaux. Yeah. Uh, and I looked it up, and it's currently going for about 500 a bottle. There you go. Which I know jack shit about wine. Like, if I drink wine, it's like twelve dollars a yeah. bottle. That's all you need. Yeah, I was at uh, what was it? I was at Pax Unplugged, and I went to some BYOB establishment. There were a bunch of college kids there who just brought boxes and boxes of wine. So they were dressed up in suits and dresses and stuff and just boxed wine everywhere. Um, <laughs> if I drank wine, that's probably how I would go as well. And that's not bad. I mean, but Grant, I, like I said, I don't know anything about yeah, wine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, so you have it here. So Ryan and Gabe are, are doing this thing where they are agreeing and they're seeing his point of view, even if it's a crazy point of view. Right. You know, and Ryan's trying to be like, Hey, you know, I'm here till like, you know, I'm here forever. And you know, like I'm gonna have good party as long as you want to party. And Gabe's like, Oh, and Gabe, makes three. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause, cause Ryan is doing it coolly. I would say, you know, and Gabe is just like noticing and he doesn't want to be one upped in the suck up department. So it right. like, goes over to the point where it's not, cool anymore right like like um it's kind of like a dwight thing but ryan says you know i'll stay for as late as you want <laughs> gabe goes oh i'll stay even past that right <laughs> yeah he's like oh i think there's nothing wrong with the way you described it <laughs> you know yes, um, yes yeah um let's see yeah so they they go into like no because this is another really good one uh so jim's trying to leave again after yeah. the foyer for yay. Yeah. Um, and they're going to the kitchen and Robert says to Jim, Jim, come see this room. I think you'll like that. It's like, goes, really? Why? Why? He's like, I don't know. I don't care. Just come. Yeah. And this is very, almost under his breath. And I will say his kitchen is fantastic. I would kill for that kitchen. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably not one of the things I'd commit homicide for, but it's a nice kitchen. I mean, it's a dope place, not for nothing. You know, I, w- I would love to go to a boss's party at that place. Right, yeah. Well, so my, my, one of my, uh, my, my grades of like things you'll do for things is what animal would you drop kick to get said thing? <laughs> right, because that really puts okay. it in perspective because you're not so, a you. <laughs> so what, what animal are we talking about for this kitchen? I don't know. I mean, something ugly. <laughs> something i mean thus far i mean i i don't know what i would kick a mammal for what about trout i could i'd definitely drop kick a trout Uh, for that thing so drop kick yeah is what you're saying right so the trout would be in the air no punt different different no (laughs) drop kicking is lifting both of your legs kicking the trout and then your body falling to the ground okay no 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 it's i was thinking punting okay okay well in the nfl drop kicking is different than both those, but it's much more akin to punting. But no, I was just thinking, okay, you know, punting. That's fine. drop punting, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, because also different. One of those, like, you are just throwing caution to the wind. You don't care about what happens to you after this. You just want your feet to hit this thing as hard as possible. <laughs> um, okay, good. Yeah, no. I mean, again, it's a dope place. I mean, his pool has that, like, walkway in the middle. Yeah. Just classy as fudge. Um, yeah, so so the ring was missing. Um and Kelly finds it. Mm-hmm. It was like floating at the bottom of the pool or whatever. And um, so she thinks it's great and she's wearing it. So, but Andy like notices this in the periphery. Mm-hmm. So while he's dealing with that, um, Aaron decides to come up with a plan to make Andy jealous. Mm-hmm. And she picks Dwight 
as mm-hmm. like her alpha. Right. Uh, and so Dwight kind of plays along with her. It, it's very obvious that neither of, ni- neither of them know how to flirt. They try like sexy eating and like Dwight's like crumble up the chips into my face. Yeah, he's like press it into my face so it's all greasy. <laughs> it's, it's so gross. So bad. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Angela's doing laps. I mean, everybody, oh, another thing we didn't talk about, very, very small storyline, but um, Val from the warehouse is there. Right. And uh, Daryl is still doing his Daryl thing, trying to. Right. Well, he's, he's feeling self conscious because he's, you know, chubby and all that stuff. And there's this great thing because uh, Val keeps trying to get. Daryl to come in the pool and she kind of goes over to Kevin's like, does Daryl not swim? That's racist. <laughs> yeah. But then he goes like, but. <laughs> Looking at him, I would say no. <laughs> Which is also racist. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so. So they finally get the chicken fight. That's between right. Between Andy and Dwight, Aaron and Jessica. Yes. And Jessica wins one of them. And then I think so. So Aaron's like, I will not fall off. And she's like, really like digging into Dwight and just kind of like, I think well, she choked him out. Yeah. I think it's a combo of like him being tired, him like constantly like dealing with water up in his face. Mm-hmm. Right. Her thighs crushing his like whole face and neck but, area. But if you're like right here, I mean, that's going to really constrict the blood flow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You need some pretty skinny thighs to like get under jowls to only choke the neck, you know. I feel like it'd be more of a general face crushing. It's enough pressure. Uh, Aaron's a pretty thin girl too, so I don't think she's that thin. <laughs> not saying she's big, but just saying there's there's some minor oatmealage going on that I'm not against. Whoa, man. Someone's really like like I feel like you got like like a sharpie and Ellie Kemper's like twelve photos of her going oatmeal here. Well, I watch a lot of Kimmy Schmidt where mm. I get, I see a lot more of her, like just in terms of like watching right. Ellie Kemper wear things. I have a thing for Ellie Kemper. What do you want from me, Jacob? <laughs> All right. Oh, she's uh oh she's from Missouri, but went well, to Princeton. No, there you go. That, that turns me Missouri. There's nothing there. Basically a bumpkin. All right, forget it. Tri-state or nothing. Maybe that's why she plays. Well, she went to Princeton, so she's got a little bit of it. It's not enough. Um, Maybe that's yeah. why she plays one so well. She she just yeah. pulls from like family experiences. Right. Um, yeah. So th- so they're playing, and Dwight ends up passing out. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess that's about it for that. Because then we go back to mm. uh, the tour, and we see that uh, there was a waste which are two giant bears that were killed for like a super bear rug. And Jim's like, do these bears like Oscar's breaking down. Yeah. And we also see the, um, the, the cinema room. Yes. Which if I could have any of these rooms, it'd be that one. Totally (laughs) agree. Yeah. You know, get the Xbox hooked up to that TV. Actually, no, it'd probably be the pool. I have a pretty sweet setup. I mean, that is pretty I mean, it's nice. No, it's no cinema room, but I also don't want people over, you know? So I don't really need that well, much. I don't, it's not about need. It's about cool, man. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I, yeah. I'll, I'll take the pool. You get the room, and then we'll switch on holidays. Right? <laughs> um, There's this really weird bit where he's, like, talking about these, you know, erotic cinema movies of, you know, Caligula and something. Yeah. And, and Ryan's very subtle. Like, <laughs> oh, this is obviously meant for watching erotic cinema yeah gabe comes like oh we can watch them right now i got got a korean film on my ipod (laughs) like he's like as long as you got the cables 
It's like, Gabe, that's not a erotic cinema. That's porn. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that being said, we know Gabe's into some weird stuff. So maybe it, I mean, yeah, it was no sh- it was no surprise that he it was no surprise that what was on his iPod was Korean. That's right. No surprise at all. Um yeah, so that's awkward. Um, back to the pool. Kelly's popping shade. She's laying down. She's chilling with Phyllis. But Andy comes up with this great idea to say that uh, wearing wedding rings of like a broken marriage is considered uh, superstitious and bad luck and all that kind of stuff. Right, that carries bad energy. And, yeah. Yeah. So they decide to have this like Viking burial for the ring because that's how you destroy it. <laughs> a very strong piece of metal forged in fire on a paper boat <laughs> lit a flame in a pool. Uh, uh, Let's see. So, yeah. Yeah. So, really, so so it kind of ends up where you know Dwight goes to Andy and he's trying to like kind of stoke something. He's like, "Hey, I don't want another Angela situation." So, you know, are you done with her? He's like, uh, like he he answers it really bizarrely. Yeah. Well, because Dwight's like kind of insinuating that it's like a very fast moving physically based relationship so andy like does this thing he's like or take it slow you know or whatever like right but but he's like something about like see he's he says something about monogamy and he's like and there's another thing like you know it's monogamy for my hogging me and dwight's like not what i asked yeah yeah he's like no we're done he just like looks at her like looks at him like you're an idiot right this girl's obviously into you yeah, which I mean, on one hand, I appreciate Dwight did that on behalf of Aaron, mm-hmm. but two, like, and I think in a different universe where Aaron wasn't like pulling strings behind this, I think Andy and Jessica could have made it, at least gotten married. I didn't if they got divorced down the road. That's not. What I mean, but I mean, like, I think they were good enough, you know. But I think they were just in that very sensitive place where this other person is the one who threw the wrench. Like, I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. Aaron definitely did some stuff. I mean, the question is, is does, eh, say he has a much more established relationship, does Andy go so far off the rails? Mm, what? You know, like, you know, season eight, you know, because yeah. we're coming up on the stuff where, like, all the stuff hits the fan with his parents and everything. Right. Well, he loses his job first, and that sends him down the rails, or off the rails, and then the stuff with his family. Like, do you think if he had something more concrete to hold on to, you know, I'm a, you know, oh, sure, sure. a wiser woman to give okay. better counsel, that kind of thing. Right, like an anchor or whatever during yeah. these tumultuous times of jobs. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make I mean, sense. Does he go definitely. on the boat trip if he's got Jessica over Aaron? Well, I mean, because we know he's got Aaron and he does go on the boat trip, right? Right. So, I mean, because the other thing too is like Aaron works there. So I wonder if that's some added confusion. Mm. Like it's one thing if I get fired from my job, I don't work where my wife works, right? So she doesn't talk about my job that I used to have every Right. But that's the case with Aaron or whatever. So like, if you really feel like you need to separate yourself from the thing, and I'm not rationalizing what he did because what he did was stupid and it's not his fault. It's the writer's fault. <laughs> Damn it, Toby. But uh, no, I, yeah, I do think it's possible that Jessica could have like been a little bit more stable again, because she's a normal person. So right. her solutions to things would have been normal people. So it's like go employment. Right, right. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, so I do think that's possible. Which is mm. now that you're you're making me say this out loud is crazy because you're saying that Aaron really, uh, like, causes him to go on. Uh, what, you think he can dance or American Idol or whatever the hell it is eventually? Right, because, because you know the thing with Andy is he doesn't have anything of his own. Right, right. right. And granted, do we ever know? Like, 
we don't really know sort of the origin story for Andy and Jessica. No. But it felt like something, um, especially after she met his parents and they really liked her, that it was it was his. He did it on his own. Right. Yes. Um, you know, and so maybe if he has that, you know, thing of I can do this on my own, he doesn't need the I can I can sail his boat on my own thing. Right. 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 And so, because what we see is, especially in season nine, when his dad like bails and he's out of money and all that stuff, you know, he just, he doesn't know what to do in short circuits. Yeah. But maybe having someone more stable, more worldly would, you know, be a really good thing there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, especially in season nine, when that happens, they've been together for like a year plus. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I say all that just to say that Dwight calling Andy an idiot is like, it's a fun moment and it's kind of validation for Aaron. But from Andy's perspective, it's like he was almost out, you know? Mm-hmm. And like now these two dum dums are like pulling them back into this like zany world or whatever. Right. So, right. so, so there is like a sadness in that line mm-hmm. retrospective. Right. Which is what we're here for. Right. Great Scott. <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't think we would opine on this for so much. Yeah. But maybe. <sighs> See, I always thought the you're an idiot line was giving her up in the first place. That, that, that's how I like interpreted it. Does he give her up? How do they split up again? Because uh, I thought there was a chance for them to get back together at some point. I mean, there's a bunch of chances for it to happen. He, he just never did. Well, because right? they date and then Gabe and Aaron date, right? Right. And I guess there must have been a moment where she well, was no longer with Gabe. and Right, right. And he was like, it's up to her to make the move. Right. Um, and that's what she says too, right? Right. And then at some point, then he finds Jessica. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess too the whole like him trying to get this job thing happens too, because it's not will they won't they when Andy's already the boss. Like he becomes the boss, and then we also find out he has Jessica. Right, but there was into season seven. You know, they were kind of into each other, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. I think it's because both of them were scared. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Th- he had the chance, didn't take it. And then she kind of she did too. She did too. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the odds, man. Okay. Equality. <laughs> Women pay for dinner. They pay for me to eat dinner. I never pay for any. <laughs> Equality. <clears throat> uh, so let's uh wrap this up. Uh Aaron gives Andy the ring back that she fell in the found in the pool. Yep. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So you know, maybe he was already having these feelings. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see getting being given the ring being very destabilizing, especially when you're really into somebody. And they what they've been together for probably well, we, we would ask me about six months. Yeah, something like that. And so that's when you kind of start asking those questions to begin with. Of like, do we do I see this going farther? You know, I mean, I'm under this mentality that the older you are, the faster relationships go. You know. Uh, that's very true. So they're like what mid thirties now at this point. At yeah. Least mm-hmm. Yeah. So and Jessica seems, a, you know, like roughly his age, much more age appropriate than Aaron is. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I do think six months in, you kind of get a sense of like, oh, I could or whatever. Well, and the thing is, is you know, when you're young, you feel like you have all this time, but when you're, you know, in your tw- you know thirties, you're like, hmm, I've only got four or five more shots of this before I'm like forty. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And so I could see that being a very destabilizing thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's just rough. I mean, that's why they say, like, when you split up with someone, like, you got to cut ties for a long stretch to, like, make sure right. that you've cleansed yourself of whatever. Yep. That didn't quite happen in this case, so I think that's a mess. Burn up. the ships, man. Just got to burn the ships. I mean, oftentimes, I'll just go to wherever there are boats and light them on fire. <laughs> Just because. Um, okay, so that's that. Um, so Aaron's very happy that Andy's confused. Mm-hmm. Um, the the tour winds up back at the pool area where Robert comes to this realization that um, these evenings that he's been hoping for are currently happening, right? Right, he's been missing it, you know, in his misery. Yeah, people are playing games. Toby's pouring wine into Oscar's mouth. Yeah. Um, There's this great little shot that you can see where Toby is, and I, I would be willing to bet there's a deleted scene somewhere, but like Oscar, Toby is like holding on to Oscar for dear life with the wine bottle. <laughs> yeah. Sort yeah. Of in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. So then Robert derobes and he's mm. like, this is no longer a get together, which is what it was called at the beginning. Right. Um, but it's a party. So he hops yeah. in naked. Ryan and Gabe reluctantly also join because they're still in this battle of one-upsmanship. Right. And then, yeah, Jim's like, well, there it is, and bolts. Yeah, runs like, over the bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because he tries to get Meredith to move her car, and she's like, I threw it in a bowl when I got here. <laughs> I threw my keys in the bowl, yeah. And then there's this very end scene where, like, Robert California, Gabe, and Ryan are all dancing together, and it's just the three of them in, like, robes. And it looks like Robert kind of humps Ryan a little bit. He's like, yeah, it's not a party unless you do something that scares you. Right. And he like falls over and passes out. And you know. well, he's like, he's like, I need a break. You two keep going. Right. Yeah. And then he falls asleep and Ryan says, uh, Hey, he's asleep. We could just leave. And Gabe goes, then go. As he's still <laughs> dancing or whatever. So then Ryan like is like, <laughs> and he hops back into it himself. I mean, so that's the real question, right? Who touched whose penis? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer it, but I think it's the question that we should walk away after watching this episode. And you just ruined this episode for everybody. They're only going to be thinking about that the entire time they watch this episode going forward. I mean, or not even who touched, who watched someone's penis go into what? <laughs> There's bear rugs. Who knows what else is going on in there? We didn't open a lot of those cabinets. Just saying. Who had a wine bottle somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Questions. Okay. Okay. So, what did you think? Uh, I really like this one. It's, pro- I mean, it's definitely in the running for best episode of season eight. I could, you could probably make the case it's top twenty all time. Mm. Uh, so I gave, I mean, again, it's well, you get more story development in this one. Uh, you know, with Kathy, Jim, you know, Dwight kind of figuring some stuff out. Aaron, Jessica, Andy, love triangle thingy. Yeah. Uh, I think this is where you're starting to see the unraveling of Robert California, which just gets worse and worse as the season goes on. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff kind of going on, but it's a fun episode. You know, there, there's a lot of funny stuff, a lot of good moments, a lot of iconic images. So I gave it a 4.2 out of five rumpus rooms. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, it sets some interesting stuff in motion. It's a great setting. I think everybody has a really good moment. Um, so I give it a, a 4.5 out of five. I don't know the, the wine God's name, but not him, his friend. <laughs> and I am, uh, it's not, it wasn't Odysseus. It's like Pygus or something. Pygus. Like yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> and I'm Pygus's friend. <laughs> uh, 
All right, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at uh, Broken Jars at XYZ. Email us, Broken Jars Broadcasting at gmail.com. Patreon.com forward slash Broken Jars. Um, I'm at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter. I'm at J A Y hyphen, nope, underscore R E Y on Twitter. Cool. So, yeah, let's uh, hope you all, all have a very safe holiday and. We'll actually see y'all before New Year's, so we can wish you Happy New Year's as well then. Yeah, so shove it. (laughs) Later, guys. Bye. Bye.